Hi, boys and girls. Welcome back to the Carlin Crappy Show. This is week two, week two of our ninth season. Uh, on week one, there were football games. There were actual football games. Um, a few of them had fans. Uh, some of them did not. Um, everyone, there were a lot of masks and there were some not masks. And it was very weird, but also kind of cool. Right, Carla? Yeah. Football <laughs> happened somehow, <laughs> remarkably. And then... And, and you know, I, the, the, I, I keep cautioning. I'm like, okay, now we find out in two weeks how exactly this is all going to work, right? right, um, right. That's that's the the catch in all of this is that we just kind of have to wait and see how how everything plays out. But you know, we got we got one weekend of college football in, and there was mm-hmm. it was actually pretty entertaining at some. Oh, uh, there, there was some fun stuff. Um, uh, the SMU uh, Texas State game. Yes. Uh, went back and forth a bunch. That was that was a good one. Um, the fun belt strikes again. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. Um, and and I should I'm going to take a moment for some mild gloating uh, since since Army uh, had rolled over over middle on Saturday. Um, and I, I was I was surprised about that. Um, and I should point out also since we we have definite size about this that Navy did not roll. Uh, against BYU, we were we both um, we we both got that one wrong, uh, along with everybody in Las Vegas. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what did you what did you uh, what did you think of the of the football you saw? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we have no idea is holding up yeah, so absolutely. far. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've done well in that regard. Um, in the fact that I got just about everything wrong this weekend, um, you know, but. <laughs> But that's that's the first week of the season, and, and in a weird off season, that that's kind of what happens. I, I too was was quite enamored with the um, Texas State SMU game. Um, I think from a competition standpoint, that was the best game of the weekend. Um, uh, yeah, as, probably. As the two uh, of those, the games that I saw, at least, yeah. Yeah, I, the, the the back and forth, and the fact that SMU couldn't really close the door on that game until you know pretty late in the fourth quarter made that mm-hmm. game much more entertaining than we were expecting. Um, especially after coming after the um, the Army MTSU game, that was just not not pretty at all but hey at least mtsu didn't have the worst loss of the weekend that goes to navy um yeah that was a team that didn't look like it was ready to play football and coach ken admitted that after the game um that you know that they hadn't they hadn't been doing any tackling drills um they, leading they, they into talked this. about they talked about that on the broadcast a little bit and he's like wow that's that's a recipe for looking like this yeah uh, against a good team yeah, and, and BYU, and it's an interesting conversation now about BYU, right? Like this is, yeah. we talked about this last week about Notre Dame, and we're going to talk a little more about Notre Dame later, but um, here you have an actual independent who's playing an independent schedule who's mm-hmm. had its entire season just kind of blown up, and so it's only playing the games that are it, it, that are available to them, and, and they've yeah. put together a schedule. They've got eight games on the schedule right now. Um, arguably, Navy last night, we're recording this on Tuesday, so on Monday night, Navy on Monday night, and then a week from now when BYU plays Army, those are arguably the two toughest opponents on the BYU schedule. Yeah, It's going to be a really interesting conversation if BYU can play Army as well as it played against Navy. Um, yeah, absolutely. What happens if we end up with an undefeated BYU team at the end of the season? How does that factor into the playoff? <laughs> right? Like, I oh, mean, there's gonna who's, be fun stuff. who's gonna beat BYU after yeah. Army? <sighs> Troy? No. Like, um, <laughs> right. Maybe Houston. Houston might give them a game um, mm-hmm. because Houston is on the schedule in October. I think I saw today. Um, so Houston might give them a bit of a of a a stumbling block possibility, but. What happens if BYU runs the table? If there's a playoff and BYU is undefeated and there's nothing they can do about their schedule, 
Like right. they, they can't do anything about it this year. Play the schedule they, they got. They, exactly. Play the schedule that, that they were able to put together at the last minute. Are they in the conversation? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> you know, say it with me, boys and girls. We have no idea. No idea. <laughs> um, I, I, I did want to mention army uh, just because uh, defense actually was yeah. the thing. Um, and, and that was a, a pleasant surprise. I, I, I told you, um, that, you know, I think army's ideal game would be to like score one touchdown per quarter, uh, hold the ball forever. And, um, you know, and give up a touchdown or two, and that's that's what they that's what they want to accomplish. Um, but the defense was much better than that, and and, uh, and that's a nice step up from last year when they when they struggled a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll uh, they 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 played a solid game, uh, held middle to under two hundred yards offense or, or about two hundred yards. Um, I grabbed four turnovers, um, and and I know I, I just scored it from at least a couple of those scored turnovers and the touchdowns. Um, but as you said, uh, Army has Louisiana Monroe this week, so this is that's not going to be the test. Uh, the following two weeks against BYU and then against Cincinnati, and mm-hmm. then yes, we will find out. Um, BYU could be ranked by then, maybe. Uh, Cincinnati is ranked right now, um, even though the Bearcats haven't played a game yet. Um, so I- I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not ready to put to put army you know in in a, a, a new year's six bowl or anything like that yet but um but that's a nice start i was i was impressed yeah. uh, with my with my adopted team for for whatever the 2020 season turns out to be hey, based on based on what we saw on the field this week byu's number one team in the country and army's number two right if you're going just on this past um, yes, weekend yes i'm in yes absolutely i don't have a vote but you know that's i'm i agree completely so we in. start seeing some more teams this week BYU should get the number one ranking. I don't, and and it's interesting. I don't know how the AP poll is working. Um, It has not been updated this week. So I don't know if they're going to do the, do the AP poll until um, power five conferences start playing uh, this weekend. Um, But I noticed, uh, you know, just looking at stuff that um, that it's still the the preseason poll with a whole bunch of teams that aren't playing at all, uh, at least not yet. Um, So we'll, we'll see what, what, uh, what our, our friends at East Associated Press decide to do with, with that one. Um, we have games to discuss, including group of, uh, or uh, including um, uh, Power Five conferences this weekend. Um, a couple of those are getting started. Before we get to those, we have the group of five after dark report. We'd like to welcome back AJ uh, for this season's G5 report. AJ, go. Hello everyone, it is your good friend AJ, and I am back for the 2020 Group of Five report. And let's get let's be really honest, everybody. This is the only football going anymore. The Big Ten's canceled. The ACC is just kind of listless. It's Clemson and whoever else is in that conference. The SEC ain't gonna play football till October or whatever. Uh, the Big 12 is the Big 12. So. You're here. It's group of five football. This is what you need. You got to eat the whole hog. And speaking of the whole hog, let's go take a look at some of the group of five games that you should probably keep an eye on just because some of these might get interesting. Up first, at noon Eastern time, 11 Central time, we have the University of Louisiana Raging Cajuns 
going to Ames to play Iowa State. Who made Iowa State number 23? I mean, Matt Campbell's done a great job, but who made Iowa State number 23? That's just a recipe for disappointment. Um, Iowa State is scheduled to win this game by 11.5 with an over-under 56.5. Louisiana is the last team to beat uh, the hated uh, Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio. This could be uh, a very, very good game. It could also be uh, your your traditional cupcake game. Would you like a sense of normalcy? This might be it. Uh, we also have the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs going to Waco to play Baylor at noon on Saturday. Uh, Baylor is, get, is uh, uh, picked to win this game by 18. Uh, again, could be a cupcake game. Could be something fun. Um, Louisiana Tech coming off a bowl win versus the U, the University of Miami, not Miami of Ohio. Um, Louisiana Tech, this is always a good program. They're always ten and three. They're always nine and two, nine and two, something like that. That math doesn't work, but it's one of those teams that is just always very good. Uh, I don't particularly think Baylor is a great team. Uh, I think Louisiana Tech could make this fairly close. You should probably keep an eye on this game. This game is on Fox. Uh, And finally, we're going to finish it off with a battle for North Carolina. I don't care what anybody in the triangle has to say. University of Charlotte, the 49ers, going to Boone to play App State uh, at noon on ESPN2. Y'all want to see a dead body? Because that's what App State will probably do to Charlotte. Uh, App State is an incredible football team. Um, they deserved a lot more love than they got last year. They've suffered one loss. I believe it was actually on homecoming too. Uh, App State was very clearly in the running for the group of five uh, power or New Year's six bowl spot toward the end of the year. Um, App State is always very good. Charlotte, not as good. Uh, I do recommend turning, tuning into this. The noon spot filled with group of five love. And one more game uh, before we get out of here is UAB at Miami on Thursday, September 10th. Uh, this this could be the biggest game of the week, uh, mostly because UAB is the only team to beat a team that has beaten somebody else. So their RPI off the charts right now. Um, UAB Miami could be good. Uh, there's a potential where Miami starts the year disappointingly. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, that's not necessarily to say that uh, Miami is going to be distinctly bad, but Miami has always uh, sometimes struggled, really, with trying to get off of the ground uh, very quickly. Right now, Miami is favored by 14.5 with an over-under 54.5. Um, I honestly don't know much about Miami to be able to say that. UAB is 1-0. I know a little bit more about UAB than I do about Miami. Um, it's on the ACC network, and it's football on a Thursday. What more could you ask for? Uh, Crappy and Carla, I'm going to turn it back to them, will tell you a lot more about Power 5 football. Uh, football that uh, is very, it's not important at all, right? The group of five is where the heart is. So this has been your Group of Five report, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Mr. Cuffkick. Okay, kids, let's take it our, uh, look at our games this week. We have two that uh, shouldn't be especially competitive. Uh, but it will give us looks at teams that um, that could be contenders. One uh, definitely contender, and and one might be. And then we have one game that's that could just be a fun thing. But you know, again, we have no idea. Let's start in South Bend. 
uh, at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, Duke at number 10. There's a ranking. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored by 20. Uh, Carla, what do you think? Yeah. Um, welcome to the ACC, Notre Dame. Um, suck. <laughs> You've already contradicted what you said last week. When you kind of maybe sort of something or other... I am not, I I would clarify this. I am not (laughs) cheering for Notre Dame. I, I, and under no circumstances do I cheer for Notre Dame. Um, But I do, but you know, they, there, there is one traditional power school in the Midwest uh, that is, that is playing at this point in the season and it's the Irish. Um, So I, I, it's, they, they are the representative of sort of, now I'm digging myself in the hole here. I just, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to another day. I think they're going to be good. And I think um, I'll get into more detail about this. And I, and, and, and I think um, playing the ACC is going to help them, but um, yep. no, not, not, not a Notre Dame fan. No. Oh, okay. I'll try. I'll try to hold you to that this season. Thank you. Yes, please. Yeah, please uh-huh. do. Okay. Um. So. So yeah. Duke and Notre Dame are actually like common opponents. This game was actually on the schedule. Um. Already for this year, it was just later in the season, and they moved it up when when ACC decided they were only going to play a conference schedule, and they added more conference games. So this game got moved up. Um. So these two teams have met frequently in the past. This is a this is a general. Um, consistent opponent for Notre Dame. They met last year on November 9th, and Notre Dame routed Duke 38 to seven. Um, and and uh, we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about potential Final Four teams. Um, 12th year senior Ian Book, at least it feels like it, right? right. Ian Book still at Notre Dame. Yes. Um, so so he's still at Notre Dame, still leads that Notre Dame offense. And like like you mentioned last week, like the Notre Dame offense doesn't have to be spectacular. Ian Book just has to be solid. Like that's yeah. just as if Ian Book is solid, that Notre Dame offense is gonna do really, really well in mm-hmm. an ACC schedule. Um and they're going up against a, a a Duke team that okay, Duke's defense should be pretty solid, but it's almost I mean, it wasn't all that long ago these two teams met, and there's not a lot of difference between these teams right now. And we saw right. what Notre Dame did to them last year. Um, the big variable in this game in, is the the Duke offense. Um, they picked up Chase Bryce, the former backup at Clemson, to be their starting quarterback. But but Bryce has had limited reps with the offense because of covid regulations and so so he you know he couldn't participate in spring practice because there was no spring practice and then so he's only had this little bit of fall to kind of get settled into this new offense and throw another wrinkle into everything duke just lost its center last week to an injury um so we have an offense that hasn't had a lot of experience And we saw what that did to to, to Navy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like not getting reps. Like we we did, we all just kind of washed that up over like saying it's not going to be that big of a deal. These kids have played football for all their lives. It's going to be just fine. Now we're finding out maybe that's not the case. Does not um, work that way. So I don't see any way that this doesn't end up in a Notre Dame win. It might be closer than the line is expecting because mm-hmm. you know Duke's got a, got a pretty solid quarterback, but. He doesn't know that offense. He's working with a brand new center, and now he's working with another brand new center. Um, and uh, Notre Dame is going to win this football game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I and I agree. I, I, I mean, I, uh, unless the ball is an orange and round, um, Duke is 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 not going to win. That that's we'll, we'll say that off the top. Um, the, uh, Bryce is interesting. I mean, he had a, a, a couple moments of glory in relief 
of uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, in, yeah. at Clemson recently. So, I mean, he's, 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 he's a solid quarterback. But, again, that's, that is a tough position to be in. I was um, – another Clemson transfer, and his name I'm not going to remember, um, but I was really high on Northwestern last year uh, yep. going into the season. And we got to see firsthand that, um, you know, t- t- picking up a new system, working with, with, with new teammates is not, auto- is, is not an automatic thing. Um, and Bryce may be facing a, a similar situation. He's going to have uh, a chore on his hands because uh, Notre Dame's uh, defense, the, the strength of Notre Dame's defense, uh, is the is the front seven, especially on the line? Um, the Irish need to find a better pass rush than they had a year ago. But but they have guys up uh, who are playing uh, on the line that that have been there forever. Not quite as long as Ian Book, but you know um, who who has been who has been. I mean, Brian Kelly has been at Notre Dame as long as Ian Book has. But that's about it. Um, uh, on the offensive side, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Ian Book, the close personal friend of my former intern, who is also a senior at Notre Dame. Um, he will have some help. Uh, you know, six returning regulars on the offensive line. I mentioned this last week. The line, the line play is that's that's Notre Dame's strength. Um, those guys are going to keep Book's jersey clean. Um, should give him a running game in, uh, uh, to to help him support, and that will help as you know uh, less experienced skilled guys, especially receivers, uh, kind of figure things out. Um, for this week, uh, that's that's all they're going to need. Um, and, and I, you know, I think Notre Dame's going to win this pretty handily. Twenty may or may not be the uh, the, the number, but um, uh, this this should not be a, a, a tough game for the Irish. And then if you look at the schedule, and I, I you know, I, I didn't get into this last week, but they may not get tested until November. Um, in November, in they have games against Clemson and UNC in uh, over a three week stretch. Um, that's, that may be, uh, the, the first time that, that, uh, you, if, if you're looking at this stuff that, that Notre Dame really gets tested, but, um, again, to be clear, they're not going to get tested on Saturday. Uh, they will, they will win this one pretty handily. Uh, we, at three 30 on Saturday, we go to our interesting game, um, largely because we have no idea. This is Georgia Tech at Florida <laughs> State. The Seminoles are favored by 12 and a half points. Um, we don't play the games on paper. I mean, you know, Florida State should win this uh, if we're playing on paper. But, Carla, that just doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't, especially when you're looking at a Florida State team with another year, another new head coach. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is something we're not used to seeing out of Florida State, right? This yeah, is their yeah. their third head coach in four seasons. Um, welcome to the fray, Mike Norvell. Um, let's see how you do. Uh, you know, and this is a Florida state team that's really looking for an identity. Um, and, and they've really kind of been looking for an identity for the last couple of years, particularly in the ACC after they had, you know, those, those heroic years, um, not all that long ago. Right. I mean, it feels like it, you know, it really was only about five years ago when, when Florida state was in the mix for everything. Um, kind of the power of Florida, Mm-hmm. At, at the time and now you know the, again last year they lost the sun bowl they finished six and seven a losing record again you know um so so the seminoles are really kind of kind of looking for for some sort of consistency the one place that they do have some consistency is james blackman at quarterback um he he's back this year he's returning um so so it'll be interesting to see how this offense comes together and then the, the florida state defense should be pretty good um 
their uh, defensive tackle, Marvin Wilson, was named all-conference preseason, yep. um, and he actually received the most number of votes of any player on, that def- on the defensive preseason. Um, so, so he's widely respected around the conference um, to have gotten the most number of votes for that. And so, so defensively, Florida State should be okay. It's just whether or not this team can actually just kind of gel as a team. Yep. And talk about an uphill road to climb, um, trying to put together when, when your problem – isn't necessarily talent it's chemistry and system and trying to put those things together in a time when there's no such thing as system or chemistry because we're <laughs> dealing with a pandemic like yeah yeah. It, yeah there's a lot there's there's a lot of kind of variables in this game um i mean florida state's playing at home um but again we talked about this last week what's a home field advantage at this point <laughs> they're apparently they're gonna let some fans in the stands from what i could tell um, it looks like they're in limited capacity, so there will be people there. Um, okay, so that might help a little bit. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of unknowns about Florida State, but there's also just as many unknowns about Georgia Tech. Um, this was a team that was not predicted to, to perform well this year. They were picked dead last in the ACC um, in the preseason. And this is not the Georgia Tech that we are used to. Georgia Tech no longer runs the triple option. Right. Um, and we saw how well that worked for them last year, right? Like, I, it didn't. Um, and so this is a team that, you know, it's going to take a couple years before the players that were recruited to play triple option have aged out of the program and, and, we, and they get different players in that are a little bit more accustomed to a more traditional offensive system. Like, it's just right. going to take some time. Um, yeah, they have a um, – the, the interesting side story here um, is that the, the likely starting quarterback – and apparently as of just a few hours ago, Georgia Tech still has not named a starting quarterback for Saturday. Um, so that bodes it's, well. It's, it's me, actually. I to, <laughs> I, it's a scoop, but I, I didn't want to talk about it, but it's, it's, it's going to be me. Well, we, we were kind of laughing about the fact that eventually we are going to start having like 27, 28 year olds starting at quarterback for certain uh, teams. At some point that can happen. Yes. It's, it's probably going to happen and we're getting closer <laughs> every day. Um, but anyhow, so the starting quarter, the, the, the presumed starting quarterback for Georgia Tech on Saturday is a kid by the name of Jeff Sims. He's a freshman. Um, the, the intrigue about him was the fact that he, um, he decommitted from Florida State to sign with Georgia Tech. Um, so, so that's a little little saucy little side note to to kind of play along with here especially you know if he is named the starter he's gonna get to start in the stadium with the team that he walked away from to go play at georgia Georgia tech so that's a little interesting i i think there's too much experience on the florida state sideline um and as we've learned in from from the first weekend experience really does matter this year um, people who are used to playing in, 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 in together um, are going to have a little bit of an advantage here. And I realize there's been a coaching change and there's going to be some, some changes, but I just, there's more seniority on the Florida state sideline. So I'm going to lean Florida state, but this game could be incredibly close, um, closer than everybody is thinking just because again, we don't have any idea about either of mm-hmm. these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say Florida state at home, um, with the experienced quarterback under center is going to get the edge. Okay. I, the, the thing about tech, when, when you make the, the, the transition from a triple offense or excuse me, a triple option uh, to a more pro style offense is that you, you need different kind of players. Um, yeah. And, and tech can get by with not get by, pardon me, but tech can run a, a an option offense with uh, with smaller guys, with with guys who are referred to as scrappy, um, 
they can they can run they can run that offense successfully with the kind of people that the, the military academies run it with. If you're going to switch from that to a pro style offense uh, in the ACC, you're, you're going to need a, 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 at least a three years, probably maybe more, to have yeah. the kind of personnel and the experience um, to 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 really compete uh, with the other teams in your conference. Um, because if you're you know if, if once you have those systems leveled out, you've you got to have the same kind of people too. If you're if you're going to make that, and, and the personnel makes this a really dicey proposition for Tech. Um, but I, as you said, Florida State, and and a big problem that Florida State has had, I mean, since the last couple of years of um, of Jimbo's tenure there, ha- has been chemistry, and it's it's been yeah. uh, culture. Um, you know, I, I I haven't I don't know how Mike uh, Norville addresses that. Um, we have we have no idea. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, James Blackburn; he's got plenty of experiences, but boy, he throws a lot of picks. Um, That's true. You know, we you mentioned Marvin Wilson, uh, and the, the D tackles group is is lights out, and 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 you're used to seeing that from Florida State. Um, but you know, the returning defensive ends uh, only had three sacks last year. You know, so. <laughs> this this is this is a recipe for um I, I you know i assume mike norville has 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 done what he can to ad- address culture um you know to to ad- address uh the the, the uh, maybe a, a laissez-faire attitude that that has plagued that program for for several years now um and if he hasn't uh the, the symbols could lose games like this um, and and I, 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 I'm like you, I, I, Florida State should win this game. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, that's, that's, that's my pick. But, you know, for, for all of those question marks, um, a, a motivated tech team could go in there and win that. Um, so I'm, you know, I will pay attention to, to, to what uh, Notre Dame is doing against Duke. But uh, if, I'm, if I'm sitting and watching a game uh, in the afternoon, this is going to be the one because I, I I think it's a it, it's a really interesting matchup just because just because we have no, have no idea. idea yeah <laughs> um, our third game third game um, we have an idea about this one I, I I'm pretty sure uh, seven thirty Saturday I I don't know how it is that Clemson has to open the season on the road but they open at Wake Forest where they are a thirty three point favorite um, Carla. What do you know about this game? What I do know about this game is the fact that Wake Forest hasn't scored a touchdown against Clemson in three seasons. Ooh. That's a cool <laughs> stat. I did not, I did not, I did not <laughs> dig that deep into this one. That's, that's a cool stat. Um, yeah, thanks, ESPN. Um, <laughs> I, I was doing a deep dive on their site today to do my research for this game because, yeah, I didn't feel like this game really required a, a whole bunch of research. Um, when 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 you look at, at at a Clemson team that is returning both Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne on on the Clemson offense, and you're like, and it's full of full of experience on that roster. It's why they were the number one preseason team in the country. Um, yeah, and they're playing a Wake Forest team that okay, so they they have a little bit of experience there. Sam Hartman is going to be their starting quarterback. He started in 2018 um, for for the Demon Deacons until he went out with a broken leg. Um, and then he played four ga- his maximum four games last season um, b- in order to maintain his red shirt. 
Um, so, so he has seen some significant experience, um, but it's not been consistent. Uh, and so, so we're going to, we're going to really kind of find out whether or not Sam Hartman is what his medal is as a quarterback, um, as, as he tries to navigate the season. The big challenge is, is he going to have anybody to throw the ball to, um, Sage Surratt, who is their kind of, you know, top wide receiver has opted to sit out the season um due to the pandemic and and to get ready for the for the upcoming nfl draft so um who's hartman gonna throw the ball to we have no idea we have no idea right um the wake defense should be pretty solid but a, a solid wake defense isn't gonna slow down a clemson offense like that enough to be able to stay in the game so um yeah no i other than the fact that clemson's opening on the road which like you it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, thanks, ACC. Yeah. I mean, I know they were shuffling things around and, and that happens, but still, like, let the Nash, let, let the team that was in the playoff last year, a one-year conference, open their season at home, for crying out loud. Um, but it's not going to matter. Clemson's going to roll in this game. Um, I just I, – I, the only thing I really have fall back on uh, for, for analysis of this game is Clemsoning. It was and a catch. I, I, it, it, oh, I picked the wrong thing. It was a catch. I picked the wrong thing. It was always, it, it will always be a catch. <laughs> always, always be a catch. Clemsoning, however, um, I, I mean, that, that's the only possible thing that could happen here. Um, you know, they, they have a ton of experience, but they, they lost some to the draft. They're opening on the road instead of a Death Valley. Um, you know, Wake has had a respectable program uh, in recent years. Um, I, but, uh, so, uh, you know, does any of that stuff, uh, even Trevor Lawrence uh, has a habit of kind of starting a season slowly. That is true. Um, is that enough? No, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and, and unless there is, there is some come kind of, of unmitigated disaster. Um, Clemson is not going to lose this game uh, and it, and it will not be pretty. Um we will get a look at one of the teams that uh, is is pretty much guaranteed. I mean, if things go as and you look at the schedule and, and things go as you would expect, guaranteed uh, to 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 make the playoff um, as the ACC champion. But uh, you know, take a look, see how they uh, see how they look this season, and um, and you know, kind of think about how uh, how that's going to pan out for later in the year if we uh, if we get to that point. If we were going to, if we were going to bring back the Clemsoning index, yes, which is something we haven't mentioned at all this year, and it just not. now occurred no. to me, um, my Clemsoning index on this game, I think, would be a three. Not out I'm, of the realm of possibilities, but not very likely. I think that that's actually that's that's about right. I, a, a three, three and a half, somewhere in there, I think is, it's it's it could happen, but nah, it's not gonna. No. Um, uh, boys and girls, you can hear the Carlin Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever Google service is called these days. Uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a variety of other podcasting hosts. You can watch us on YouTube or the show's Facebook page. If you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you don't, uh, mind your own damn business. And be sure, whatever you do, to come back next week and see exactly how wrong we were. Uh, Carla, can the Browns beat the Ravens on Sunday? I haven't even thought about the NFL season. <laughs> Sorry for the curveball. Do you have any other <sighs> non-NFL related thoughts for this? Can, can the Browns beat the Ravens on Sunday? Um, I think they can. Um, I think any, uh, we have no idea. 
I, clearly, we have no idea. We have um, no idea. I, I think anything is possible. Um, <laughs> I would prefer both teams to lose if that was a possibility. Um, fans want the Browns to win on Sunday. I, it's, there's no way about it. It's, it's got to happen. Okay. Come on. Long time, long time rivalries, though. I just, I can't do it. Mm. Can't do it. Okay. Can't do it. That's right. I, I want both teams to lose. Okay. Um, yeah. So one other game I've got on my radar. Um, yes. In the evening on Saturday night, since we didn't talk about all the games we talked about were fairly early, and Clemson Wake probably isn't going to be interesting for very long. Um, keep your eye on uh, Western Kentucky Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, that game's really interesting. These two teams played each other last year. The line on this game is only eleven and a half. Um, and and when you've got a, a conference or yeah a conference USA team and a um a, an ACC team that's kind of an interesting line that it's that that's really that close. It is, yeah, you're right. That's um, tight. And uh, Western Kentucky has a ton of experience. They've got um a Do- Doak Walker Award candidate in Gage Walker. They got a grad transfer quarterback uh, Tyrell Pigrome from Maryland is now the quarterback at Western Kentucky. Um, so they've got some legit talent at quarterback. Oh, and they have the, um, the CUSA defensive player of the year returning as well. Um, that's a pretty decent Western Kentucky team going up against a Louisville team that was kind of on the ropes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have some experience, um, and their quarterback, uh, Mikhail Cunningham, is a dual threat. But that game could be – it's kind of an undercard, like, entertainment level could be pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so keep your eyes on that one on Saturday okay. night. I actually, a, a similar thing, and, and, and um, I will do my best to get the show out on Thursday in time for this to be relevant, because I'm pretty sure AJ mentioned it too. UAB at Miami. Yeah, that game looks interesting too. Um, uh, the, the Miami's only a 14-point favorite. So um, I've done no analysis for this, but that's just kind of a, that's a, a, a line that, that gets your attention mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking about a matchup of those two programs. So, so um, maybe, you know, I, I'm never going to tell you not to watch Thursday Night Football, um, being the, the, the fan of um, action that I am and, and wanting to digest as much. I want college football to wash over me <laughs> as much as possible. Um, but that might be a game worth watching, actually. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, we will see. We've got, um, we've got our games. We've got contenders to take a look at. We've got some uh, interest up, interesting stuff that could happen on Saturday afternoon. And then we've got a couple little uh, uh, quick hits right there that um, should guarantee that at least this weekend, how for however long college football season lasts, um, should should be a fun one. And contrary and, to popular to our our show, which was like it, entirely ACC based, yes. um, the Big Twelve. Some teams are actually starting this weekend, so oh, so you're yes, gonna start. That's there's right. there's a few teams that are playing um, out of conference opponents. Um, so keep your eye. I know Iowa State starts this week. Texas starts this week. Um, really it's like missouri state or something yeah like it's a bunch of it's a bunch of cupcakes in the first week um for all of these teams that's why we didn't highlight any of those games but um but keep your eye we're gonna start seeing some big 12 stuff too so that'll be interesting in the in the it'll be fun it's it's uh heating up for however long we go carla cheers cheers enjoy here's to uh one one more week we'll see We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if we know anything else yes, after this week. We'll see if we know anything else, but basically we have no idea. Guys, thank you very much for joining us once again. Um, enjoy the games uh, while they last, and uh, be sure to come back here next week when we will talk about more stuff. Cheers, guys. Thanks for watching.